welcome to The Animated Journey, a podcast featuring interviews with animation professionals working in television, film, and games. I'm your host, Angela Ensminger, and this week marks the passing of two animation legends, June Foray and Marty Scalar. June Foray, as I'm sure all of you on this podcast are aware, was the voice of Rocket J. Squirrel, Natasha Fatal, Cindy Lou Who, and many, many more. She was the first lady of animated voices, and I know that she will be dearly missed by everyone in the animation community for her heart and her soul and her joy. She contributed not only to the world of voice acting, but she also helped to establish Asifa Hollywood, and she created the Annie Awards. She did a great deal of work that was beloved by people from around the world, and she will be dearly missed. And Marty Scalar was one of the very first Disney Imagineers. He worked directly with Walt Disney and served at the company for 53 years, helping to develop the Disney theme parks. And he had the opportunity to visit every single Disney theme park. And he was given the title of Disney legend, which is no small feat. Both he and June Foray wrote numerous books about their careers and the industry. And it's sad that they are now gone, but we can remember how wonderful they were and how their legacy has helped all of us who are in the animation industry and who are aspiring to become a part of the industry. So our hearts go out to their families and their friends. And I know that they will be dearly missed. So on this beautiful Saturday or whatever day you happen to be listening to this podcast, take time out of your day to say I love you and thank you to your friends and family. They're not always going to be around and we should enjoy their company while they're here. And on that note, I'm very happy to be introducing my guest today because my guest today was an absolute joy and delight to speak with. I'm talking about my friend James Mosley, who is a production assistant on Nickelodeon's Pinky Malinky, and we had a fantastic time. I very much enjoyed talking with James. A lot of fun, a lot of laughs, and it was fascinating hearing about his journey. So without further ado, I'm pleased to present episode 52, Interview with James Mosley. My guest today is James Mosley. James is a production assistant here at Nickelodeon, and he's working on one of Nickelodeon's newest shows, Pinky Malinky. James, thank you so much for being on the show today. I am stoked to be here. I'm so happy you even want to interview me. Thank you. Absolutely. So this is going to be a lot of fun because a lot of people have a lot of questions about working in a studio particularly about working in production because production is not something that's covered in most schools. It's kind of this mystical area that not a lot of people know how it works, but it's integral to a show. We exist. Yes, we do exist. (laughs) Very important. So I always like to start at the beginning. So James, where are you from? I'm from Detroit, Michigan. I spent the first 10 years of my life in Detroit. It was a little uh, challenging growing up and then like when my parents divorced when I was 10, uh, my mother remarried, then we moved to Southfield for like middle school years. And then after that, I moved to an even more affluent area <laughs> and I went to high school there and I spent my high school years there. Excellent. 
So, Michigan. Yay, Michigan. And you know what? There are a ton of people from Michigan here at the studio. There, I mean, the We're creator cool. of our show, you know, Chris Savino's from Michigan, Butch Hartman is from Michigan. That's right. Sarah Johnson's from Michigan. There's so many Sarah. people from Michigan. So the allure of California. We taking over, man. Yeah, I think y'all are. <laughs> we try. All right. So growing up in Michigan, what were some of your artistic influences like what were some of the shows and comics and cartoons that you watched when I started about four years old I told myself I told my mom that I wanted to be the creator of a show and all I would watch I watched a lot of Nickelodeon like days off from school I would watch Dora I was like a, a seven, maybe like a six-year-old boy watching Dora or something, whatever it came hey, out. Hey, that's all right. Swiper and Boots and Dora, they were cool, man. Yeah, yeah. They, oh, Swiper is a G. I spent a lot of time watching that. I watched Hey Arnold a lot because he had funny-shaped head like I did when I was younger. So I would try to figure out how he dealt with that. I watched like Winnie the Pooh, all the classics from Disney. But the biggest influence on me came around like when I was about 16 or 17 and I found out about Aaron McGruder, the creator. Oh, yeah. That's a big one, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the creator of the Boondocks. That's the first time, because I grew up loving hip-hop and everything. And when I saw him make that comic, and he would make, like, hip-hop references and stuff, I was like, oh, man, like, this is cool again. <laughs> so I, I really got into, like, comics around that time. And then when he got a show, he made me want to start making my own shorts, so... He's like one of the biggest influences, I think. That's fantastic. Speaking of Boondocks, one of my favorite scenes from that show is <laughs> Riley is talking to this rapper, and the rapper is having this heartfelt talk with him because he's so upset. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, you know, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a rapper like my heroes, like Ice Cube. And Riley looks <laughs> at him and he goes, you mean that guy that makes all those fans? Oh, yeah. And he goes, no. NWA and I thought oh my gosh that's right if you're a certain age you've only seen him in army there only you, that. you have no idea you've only seen him wearing blue polos yeah like, you, you have no idea him. of the context I laughed so hard I thought oh oh no no we need to educate you my little friend oh yeah man we got yeah that was like dang yeah that's, that, that's just how clever the writing was mm-hmm. though he was so like Aaron McGruder was like middle 30 middle age 30s yeah. at that point and he still knew to be conscious that like some kids yeah it's brilliant man. yeah you wrote very well for adults and kids like, yeah i feel like he spanned various generations of i understand where people are thinking and where they're going with things yeah absolutely man mm-hmm. so yeah i'm glad i'm so glad you brought that up right. oh man that was a good it's a good comic too just all the things. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I, I didn't even mention this, though. Like, Seth MacFarlane is, like, a huge... He was, like, a huge influence on me, Oh, too. really? Yeah, yeah. Just to give it some some diversity. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, like, yeah, I love Family Guy. Like, when it got canceled a bunch of times, I remember being a kid and it got canceled a bunch mm-hmm. of times. And then when they would come back, I would watch it. So, yeah, him, too. I just had to throw him in there. All right. Yeah, that's, that's really good, too, because, I mean... Before that, I mean, I know there was, you had The Simpsons, yeah, but Prime Time was still kind of, you have The Simpsons, but there really weren't a whole yeah. lot of animated Prime Time shows, and then it Family was. Guy, and then after that, it just felt like floodgates were open. <laughs> yeah. If you want to do some weird family sitcom that's animated, we have a place for you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Especially with, like, animation domination. That, mm-hmm. I know that's a bit later, but, like, right. yeah. Well, that's why... 
I mean, if it wasn't for The Simpsons and if it wasn't for Boondocks and if it wasn't for Family Guy, a lot of these shows wouldn't exist. Absolutely, man. A hundred percent. King of the Hill. Mm-hmm. The rest of them. Oh, that was a great one. I loved King of the Hill. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I grew up in Texas, so I'm watching that. <laughs> I mean, I grew up in Houston, so Houston's not like that so much, but you have friends from other towns, especially when you go to college, and you're like, yeah, that's that's crazy. Oh, <laughs> I, I think I remember me and you talking about that. Yeah, like everybody like, knows each other. <laughs> Yeah, depending on what town you're in, you're like, yeah, you might come from a town with 900 people, and you might know every single one of those people. That was one of my friends in college. His town had 942. Oh, my goodness. the exact number. That's like a small cult. Yeah, it was. There were more people in our dorm than in his entire town. Jeez, man. How do you, like, get away with doing anything? You got to see. I think you do. I think you grow up very well. My guests would be very well adjusted with your community looking at you like, what are you doing? Like, no, you can't go over there. Like, they're going to call your parents or your auntie or your grandma or something. Yeah. You can't get away with anything. Like, you know that Angela girl? Yeah. Like, she it's would like, just, mm, like, call it, like, nope. trading love letters with some boy. No, nope, no, nope, it would go out everywhere. That would just be bad. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So then, so where did you go to school? So I went to school, like I'm assuming high school or, or college? College. Okay. I don't know why I'm still in that high school mentality. Like, I went to Adam's High. Well, you can tell me about high school if you want to. Did that, did, did that affect your, your formative years and your animation training? It actually did. Okay. Like, I'll, okay, so I'll start like in, in like the, almost the ending of high school. And All right. Like, like I started doing like comics when I was 17 for the school newspaper. Then like... You know, I switched over to doing shorts, and uh, I started making shorts, and a few people in my high school, Rochester Adams High School, and uh, a few people liked the shorts that I was doing, and I was like, okay, like, I know how to, I had to figure out how to, first of all, I had to figure out how to animate on Windows Movie Maker. Oh, I would do, I don't know why I put myself through this. It was like maybe like, I was pushing like 2,000 frames. It was bad. And it's like bad animation you can like find on there. I was making shorts and I was like, it's got to be an easier way to do this. And then I found out about Flash and like how you could probably take classes in college. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go to school for animation. And then I can keep doing my shorts. Maybe one of them will pop or go viral at this point. To this day, that hasn't happened, <laughs> but I'm glad that I held on to that pipe dream. And um, my parents were divorced, and my dad, for the longest time, he couldn't find, like, a job in Michigan. So, like, some time back while I was in high school, he moved to Santa Barbara. So when it was time for me to decide that I wanted to go to school for animation, I was like, where should I go? I'm like, Duh, like, your dad, like, he lives in California. Like, you might as well live with him mm-hmm. and, like, go to school at a city college and like take a few classes and see how you like it. So um, I went to Santa Barbara City College for about three years. I got my animation and gaming degree in about 2013. And then after that, I was like, okay, I'm still doing animation. I'm not jaded yet. <laughs> so like- <laughs> I haven't been burned out by the process. <laughs> I haven't lost my soul yet. Yeah. Like, so That's uh, important though. We joke, but that's true. Some people after, I was just talking about this with one of my previous guests. Some people, just mm. the act of going to school when you're done, you're like, no, I'm done. Man, I've preach changed it. my mind. I don't want to do <laughs> this. So you go, you just spent all this money. Come on, you have to. You're like, I don't care about money. Try. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll, I'll take that loss on the financial. I know. Whatever. <laughs> all right. 
<laughs> Absolutely, man. That's true, though. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing, like, in this industry. There's a lot of happy people, but there's a lot of jaded people. But the this big thing... True. But the big thing is that the positivity is louder, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, like, you know, I still had my positivity. And I was like... When it was time to transfer, I was like, I, I got to do my research on which schools have the best relationship. And so Cal State Fullerton had like a 70% success rate. I mean, it's probably like 95 now because mm-hmm. we, we are like infiltrating right now. Oh, man, I've met so many Cal State Fullerton grads. Had I known, because <laughs> I moved here from out of state, had I known about that school, I definitely would have applied because there's so many people from that school. Dude, you would have been here... <laughs> like next year I'm sorry <laughs> Like as soon as you went To Cal State Fullerton I'm telling you man It's that easy Like Watch it Cal State Fullerton Is gonna have like 100% success rate She's like Done <laughs> <laughs> Drop the mic But yeah Like I, I did that But it didn't even happen That fast for me Like when I got my Internship at Nick I went to Cal State Fullerton I was probably like A junior before that, I, I had applied to Nick like a few times, but sometimes I was too late and I was kind of slacking on that. And um, one day, I'll never forget, I forgot the HR lady's name at the time uh, or the recruiter's name at the time. Uh, but but like she was so sweet, man. Like she came to our school. She talked about like how you should apply. And I applied a little bit more early and it worked out. And I ended up like interning in 2014 on Dora. Little callback. So what did you do to get ready for the internship? Because I know for interns, it's not, at least at the time, it wasn't an art internship. So how did you prepare the resume and cover letter? And then how was the interview process for that? Okay, this is like funny. This is gonna be funny. So like, I always had this habit in school, like anytime I was gonna take a test, I had to make a million flashcards on every little thing and I would just study it nonstop, nonstop. So like before every interview, I make flashcards. Like I I go to like Forbes top 10 interview questions for this year or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I'll make flashcards out of that and try to prepare. Then I'll do a bunch of research on on the show if I know the show and the people that are going to interview me, I'll do research on them too. This sounds so starkerish, but do it. No, in a, but that's smart. That makes is. sense because the last thing you want to do is going. So, James, have you seen our show? No. <laughs> like, why do you want to work on our show? I don't know. It sounds cool. Like, no, you don't want to do that. What's your name again? I know. Like, no, that, no, that's that's smart. That's smart though. You should, you should research the show absolutely man yeah and it works man Mm -hmm. so like i but you know i wasn't even expecting the call though because at the time when i had applied for nick's internship i hadn't heard anything for a while and then like i went to go work with my dad in kansas city because he moved from santa barbara i went to work with him to save up for a car and then i can go back to school after the summer while I was down there, I got a call from Nickelodeon, and uh, I was put on the spot, man. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> I'm not even gonna lie. Like, I got asked a few questions, and I did my best. And they ended up calling me back, letting me know that I was gonna do like a Skype interview because I couldn't fly back. Yeah, they were gonna do a Skype interview, and then we set that up. And I guess some of the preparation that came in this was I went home, I made sure that I had like my webcam set up and like there was nothing behind me. But the interview, 
the internet connection kept going in and out. They couldn't hear what I was saying. I couldn't hear what they were saying. I was like answering stuff late, like those news reporters, they get the signal late. Oh, it was a time <laughs> like, delay. Yeah, Usually it was like a delay. You're just sitting there. <laughs> oh, yes, I would like to know. It's like, what's happening? It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was exactly like that, man. So the thing that they told me later, after I got the internship and everything, they told me that they told me everything that was happening because I thought it was going kind of smooth, but they told me they could hear the dogs barking still, even though I put them outside. They told me that the internet connection was going out, obviously. And uh, yeah, they said that the interview was going horrible, but the thing that made them pick me was the fact that I, I kept a positive mindset and I was like optimistic the whole time. Like it would keep cutting out and I would just like start back up like nothing ever happened. Like, <laughs> like hey, anyways. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> But, you know, it all worked out, I hope. That sounds good. Because yeah. people always want to know. And, you know, a lot of my listeners, they're in high school or college or they're just out of college. And so any information they can get on just how do you prepare? What do you say? Mm-hmm. How do you say it? How do you show people that you're interested and enthusiastic without seeing like... Because, you know, <laughs> there could be a fine line between... I would love to work for your company and I like the sh- here are the shows that you've done and shows that you're currently doing versus, oh my gosh, I love this so much. You don't want to oh. go on that end, on but you also thing. don't want to just be like, oh, you know, if I work here, it's fine. Like you want to show <laughs> like a middle. Right, a little middle ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's important because they definitely noticed fandom. So there is a thin line between that. Very yeah. good. So then what is the internship like once you get out here? So the internship, first of all, me and the other interns, like, we thought, like, we had made it. We thought we were about to start renting Ferraris and all type of stuff. We just couldn't believe it. It was amazing, man. Obviously, it, just like the first time of anything, like, you can't recreate that moment. But um, it was almost like, I feel like if I could shoot, like, a movie to represent how I felt, it would just be a gold filter over the whole thing. Just, like, over the whole movie. I was willing to do any and every task for our show, and it was Dora and Friends. That was the show. And um, I did a lot of printing storyboards because they still kind of worked with hard copy storyboards. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. For, like, meetings and stuff. So I would print those out and be at the printer, like, most of the day for, like, meetings. Or I worked under awesome coordinator. You met Nancy. Yes. Yeah, Nancy Ramirez. I love her, man. And she was so patient with me. Nancy has this skill where... The building could be burning down, and then she'll talk to you, and you think it's all right. You're like, all right, like that light fixture almost hit me, but it didn't hit me. Everything's fine. Like, <laughs> so I worked under her, so it was a real good experience. Like, I could make my mistakes where I needed to and learn from them. I would do little tasks like we still work with X sheets. I would prep them for like our checker and stuff like that. But I mostly worked in storyboards. They kind of tried to split me between like designs too. So I would kind of be an assistant to like the design coordinator and like BGs needed like notes or something like that. I would pass it back to the artist for him Mm -hmm. or like move one BG to another folder and stuff like that. So I would do like small tasks like that. And sometimes I would like set up storybooks. We had like story, they're kind of like vague storyboards, but in color, it was something special we did. And I would set it up in the background when we would do like uh, meetings with like the writers in New York and like the creator and stuff. Oh, yeah, because I'm glad you mentioned that because I just talked to my coordinator about it. So 
the writing team and the creators were all in New York, but everyone else was here. Yeah. How is the show run when the creators aren't there in the studio with you? I mean, mainly like with the approval process and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Mainly, we would like <laughs> we would like send them like almost everything okay. to approve and sign off on. Um, so I guess the main difference is like time, maybe. And how long it takes to get like different designs approved and stuff like that, because you know with our creator being here, like it's he's got like he's got it on the schedule. We or we can like come come to him right. and like if we really need to get something approved really quick, we can just go to him and get it approved real quick. But when it comes to like the writing process, though, me and my coordinator we have little to do with this writing process. So as soon as a script gets approved. We take it from storyboards anyway, so I don't really know the intricacies of the actual writing steps. Okay. I was just but. curious because, you know, on our show, it's the same way. Chris is 100 feet away, so right. if we have a question, his door is open, Right. you know, we can just say, here's this, do you want this or do you want this? And he can just tell you. Yeah, it just makes sense. Or send him an email if he's busy, you know, right. if he's at a meeting or a record session. Yeah. So just hearing, like, well, they're in another state, three hour <laughs> time zone, I just think, wow, what's that like? Yeah, that, that's another thing, too. Yeah. I would never send them anything, but I only know now because I send a lot of things out to people. On Pinky, our BG designer that works with me and Amit. He lives in France, so oh, okay. we have to keep that time change in mm -hmm. mind. So I can only imagine what the coordinators back at uh, back on Dora had to do. But I had little to do with that though, so that headache wasn't really much That's of nice. mine. You just like I just all right. So yeah. then, how did you go from being an intern to being a PA? So I think the biggest thing about me, and I think my biggest strength, is EQ which is emotional intelligence. I think I've always been an empathetic human being towards others, and it serves me well in my communication with others. And I think I'm just really good at communication, if I can be honest, because I do my job. I definitely do my job, and I don't have any thoughts behind whether I'm doing a large task or a small one. I always tell people, like, I just want to be LeBron and play every position if I can, like, and I'll kill every position. So I did my job and I did it efficiently. But on top of that though, the icing on the cake, I think is one of my biggest strengths. And it's always been compassion for others and understanding people. I think that's the number one thing in everything you want to do in life. I just understand people really well, like the psychology behind certain people, how to deal with certain people. And so to put it shortly, I think everybody on, on the show just liked me. And like, especially our, our awesome producer, Mike and Wong, like, she was a really good teacher too, but um, I think she just saw a lot in me. And so one day, I don't even know if this was ever done, but they made me a part-time PA. Oh, wow. Which is like... Yeah, I've never heard of that. That's great. Yeah. So I think they really just liked me that much. And like, she was asking like how other people on the crew, how they felt about it. And it was almost unanimous. So yeah, I pretty much just did my job. I treated everybody with certain respect. I gave everybody their space when needed, but I was compassionate for every artist. I had compassion for every artist. I talked to everybody, understood everybody. I think that's pretty much how it played out. How did you develop that skill? Because a lot of people, they want that skill. They want to be able to talk to people. They want to be able to be efficient and be emotionally available, but they don't know how 
where they're very shy, where they just they just they don't know how to develop that in themselves. So is there anything is this just a natural thing or is this something that you develop through classes or books? Like how did you come about this? It's definitely a natural thing. Like I've always been kind of good at understanding what another person's feeling without telling me and getting a good read on people when I'm talking to them. So that always came naturally, but I have been trying to be more conscious of it so that I can try to use it consciously in the best way possible. But the one thing that does help me though, in a lot of situations with whoever I'm talking with is vulnerability. I try to show that I'm vulnerable to like whoever I'm talking to. And so hopefully their guard is not completely up and not up in arms and nervous or anxious. So I, I try to show that I'm vulnerable. And then I use like humor. I, <laughs> that's just always been my thing. Like I would try to act like Jamie. When I was in kindergarten, uh-huh. I would watch Jamie Foxx show. Like, oh, and I would like <laughs> act it out in front of my friends. <laughs> so, like, I would watch like Wayne's Brothers, all of that stuff. So I think humor. I always felt like if I can make the person I'm talking to laugh, then we'll have a really, really good relationship. That sounds good because vulnerability is tough. Yeah. That's a tough thing. I mean, that's tough for me. I think that's tough <laughs> for a lot of people because there's this, there's this feeling of don't let them see. Like mm-hmm. just always be tough and strong, and don't let them see that you know anything's getting to you. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. Go, go cry alone. <laughs> don't, don't, don't let them see it. You can't really live your life that way. You got to show that you're open to people. So that's that's a good thing. People just want to connect and know that they're not alone. This is true. Good on you. All right. So you become a part-time PA. That's a first. I don't know anyone who's done that. So that's pretty great. Now all the PAs here are going to be like, hey, can I be part-time? I know. Like, they're going to be like, wait a minute. Okay. I'm writing this down. Enter part-time PA. All right. That's that. It's like, yeah, but, but, but remember the other part of empathy and understanding and efficiency and meeting everyone and listening to them. True. You got to have that other. That's why that works. That's so true. If you had just gone in going, so I'd like to run the show. How do I do that? I've been like, what? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. And can I like build on one more thing? This mm-hmm. one big thing that works for me. And it's humility. I know that's such a like weird thing. That's like, yeah, I'm humble. That's how I get by. Like, I'm not trying to be that dude. <laughs> I'm the humblest person yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not trying to say that. I'm just saying humility as in like you'll meet a lot of people. You give them like, let's say... I have a dream of like being a producer and one day somebody coming up to me and like asking me to do the smallest task. Just asking me to do the smallest task. And I'll do it with no problem. And that's the kind of humility I'm talking about. Never feeling like you're too big mm-hmm. for a lot of things. And uh, in the same way you said it, if you walk into a place and you're like, yeah, I'm trying to run the show. It's like, who the f- it's like, who are you? Like, mm-hmm. you got to put in some time. And even when you put in some time, you should always be a humble human being to everybody and that's what that's what my mom taught me that's good and that's yeah. good advice for all of los angeles oh my gosh <laughs> we've all met people where you're just going wow no no yeah. don't, don't do that don't say that oh yeah what are you doing man oh man we bet yeah you've been to a bar yeah <laughs> like, well i used to work in reality television so oh, look at no. that just going i bet i have to i have to preface this by saying i admit there are some wonderful people it's not all terrible because I think the perception is oh my gosh reality TV the cesspool it's yeah. not it's not all that it depends on the show 
and the people you're with. Really? Some of the shows, they're run very well. There's very nice people, very nice contestants, very good producers, very good writers. And there's other shows where it's like, <laughs> all right, I'm here for the paycheck and the food. The food is delicious. I'm going to do a good job. I'm going to go home and I'm going to keep applying for other jobs. <laughs> and I'm going to open my Bible. No. Yeah, and I, oh, I was on one show. I'm not even kidding. I was on, I won't even say the show, but I was on a show. With very interesting contestants and various people, and I, the first day that we, I was at a recording, I came home, called my parents. I said, "I just want to tell you how much I love you, and to thank you for how you raised me, and thank you for not putting up with anything, even when I argued with you and didn't think you were fair, because I am a fully functioning adult." And I can take care of myself, and I have a job, Jeez. and I'm not asking you for money because you guys did right. Because I just had to work with these people today that I don't think they had nice families. Oh, and man. it was it was depressing. It was depressing, is what it is. Because I'm looking, at them going, I feel really bad for you because everyone around you is giving you terrible advice. Every single person. That's poison. I don't think anyone in your life has ever given you a stitch of good advice. Because all of them are messed up, and that's why you're messed up. And you don't know better. <laughs> and it's sad when these people are... It's one thing when you're a tiny, tiny child. Yeah. It's another when you're 30, 40, 50 years old, and you're like, mm, that's, hey. that's sad. So, and you're still that tiny, tiny child. Yeah, on the inside. They're just <laughs> yeah. still there, and you're just like, oh, man. So, Jeez. Yeah, we've seen it. That's well, humbling, we've all though. Seen it, yeah. And it, and you know, do it. And I, I think those people are necessary too, though, mm-hmm. because, like, I hear horror stories that I won't get into, like yeah. in the animation industry. Oh you know? yeah, I've heard. You know what I mean? Some of the same stories. Probably. We probably. <laughs> yeah, we might have heard some of. I've said this before too. You move out here because you think, oh, it's so great, and you start working, and then people start telling you about certain shows and yeah. certain people, and you're just like. No, you like, oh, don't my tell God. me that. I love that show. Absolutely, dude. I totally, 100%. We know, we know. Yeah. But I think those people are necessary. I, every time I hear those stories, I'm like, okay. And I know that they probably said this at some point too, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be that person no, if I ever get in no. that position of power. Yeah, don't but, do that. Yeah, don't like don't list. be like that. But the problem is they probably said the same thing that I said. Hey, <laughs> so I, keep that list close to you. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it pocket. close. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't turn into. What is it like? I'm trying to think of a. I don't know, any movie, Citizen Kane or something, you know, where at the end you're just standing there with a giant poster of yourself. You know? Don't do that. Remember Rosebud? <laughs> yeah. Nice, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad we could connect on that. Yeah. That's true. But that's good. So humility, emotional intelligence, doing a good job, being there for people. Yeah. Not being like, why are you asking me for coffee? No. Yeah. You have your coffee. Absolutely. That's, that's great. Yeah, unless they're like creeping on you. Cause I've heard some girls get creeped on on LinkedIn. Ooh. I, I just had to throw that out there. Other yeah. words, it's okay to say no to that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that, that's true. That's that is true. Like you don't have to be polite to people no. that are creeping no. you out and weird yeah. and not acting right. That's you can you can block yeah. and yeah, just, just say block. no. You need to leave. <laughs> yeah, say I don't feel comfortable yeah. doing that. Tell your supervisor. Yeah. Okay? Tell your supervisor. Yes, Personal please. Personal experience. They will. They will end that immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yep. That's good. But for the people that aren't creeping on you and are acting right, mm-hmm. yes, do your job. Yeah, give them a shot. Like always. Anytime, like I get informational offers, I try to do them. Like if I don't have a meeting that day or something. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we plan ahead? 
And it's okay. So I think everybody should give back. That sounds at excellent. Any stage. Yeah. So then, so Dora and Friends, once that ends, how do you then get onto Pinky? Was it an immediate, hey, the show is ending, let me look for new opportunities? Or how did that work out? <laughs> Dude, it's so weird. I feel so lucky all the time in this industry and like my career trajectory. Because when Dora ended, or when Dora was ending, I hadn't, I, I forgot to preface this. Like, I got hired before I could even finish school. Oh, wow. <laughs> so oh, like, that's, wow. That's, that's why they really made me a part time PA. Oh, my gosh. Yep. And then in the, in the summer, they made me full time. But I had to go back to school and the show was ended. <laughs> so it was like perfect. So, how did that work? Knowing you had a job, but going back to school, how did you keep yourself? Because oh. I know that's that can be tough if you have a job or you go back to school and just be like, I got a job. I'm yeah. Coast. Like, how did you not have that mentality? Oh, my goodness. Well, first of all, I've always hated school my entire life, <laughs> but I've always got A's and B's because I just wanted to get it over with. That's one thing a closest friend of mine said I'm good at. She said I'm good at doing things I don't want to do. And doing it the best way I can. So when I went back to school, when Dora Friends was kind of ending, I hated it just like any other day. <laughs> like I, but I was like, it's necessary. But I did feel like I was in a different mindset than a lot of people there, though. I did feel like I had grown accustomed to work life as an adult. And when I was going back, I had to go back to the frat boys talking about, yeah, you see Jessica, man. Like, and I'm just oh, like, man. dude, I'm off that, man. <laughs> like, Man, like, it's just like, you still talking like that? But it was also good in the sense that I had a lot of advice to give to others in the animation department who hadn't had an internship yet or hadn't had a job yet. So that part was really cool. I felt like some people, some people were acting like I was like a rock star. And I was like, I'm just like, <laughs> I just finished interning at PA and I'm still working, man. Like, still trying to get up there. But it was really nice. They softened the blow of me having to like face the harsh reality of going back to school. Yeah, it did feel like I had leveled up and then had to go back one level a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I think everything happens for a reason in its own time. All right, so now school's ending. When did Dora and Friends finish wrapping up with production? Oh man, don't quote me on this. I'm gonna okay. try to, I'm gonna try to zone in on this. Dora and Friends ended. It didn't really end until like 2016. I think oh, Post okay. had like... Okay. So were you on it the entire time? Because I know that with production, a lot of times, even after the artists leave, PAs and coordinators and managers and Post are all still there. So were you there till the very end? You know what? I'm, I'm going to restructure this whole thing for you. Okay. When Dora and Friends was kind of ending, I finished being switched over to full time in August of 2015. Okay. So I had to go back to school. I went back to school from like August to December. That was like my last semester that I was finishing up. So I was done with school after that Okay. in December of 2015. And then I had to, my parents, they still live in Michigan, like my mom and my stepdad and everybody. So I got to visit them every year so they know I didn't forget about them. Okay. <laughs> like, so I, so I, I flew back there and... I stayed in touch with Nancy. Nancy had got a job on Pinky Malinky okay. at this time as a coordinator. And so me and her are like really good friends. So it's not hard to like to have to plan to like reach out with her and stuff. We just talk all the time. We tag each other in memes and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was in touch with her and I think it was around January of 2016. I think I was still in Michigan 
visiting my family and I get a message from her and she's like, yeah, we're looking for PAs and stuff. And she told me she forwarded uh, my resume to uh, the PM, the production manager. And uh, I got an interview and they set up the interview so that it would be when I came back from Michigan. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I think the interview was like in January 2016 too. And I did that interview. That interview is so funny, but oh, what? You, you want me to go into it real yeah, quick? Yeah, what, what, why am I <laughs> So I did what I always do before interviews. I prep with note cards. She told, Manny Bill is our production manager. And uh, she told me everybody that was gonna interview me. And so I do my research and everything. <laughs> and then when I come for the interview up here up at Nick, I walk in the room, I'm, I'm sitting down. I think I'm doing good. I'm just being social. And there weren't many questions for me. And then Lewis Cuck, our producer, he's like, yeah, do you have any questions for us? And I'm like, yeah, in fact, I do. And I've always been this way. In school, I keep everything in a binder. I'm organized. I take out this binder and I pull out this stack of note cards. <laughs> and they're looking at me. They're looking at me like I'm like a private investigator. They're oh, like, no. what is this dude doing? <laughs> And I pull out these snow cards, and I'm like, okay, I got a question for you. And I go around the table asking them questions about stuff from years ago. Like, and they, oh. they're like, how do you even know that? Like, <laughs> they're like, that's not even on IMDb, man. You gotta like have it. <laughs> Area 51 access. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, I did all of that, but Manny loved it though, because she's like just as organized that way, I think. But they told me to this day that that's the reason why I got this job. <laughs> you just like, I, I have a dossier of all of your information, and one by one, I would love to know more about you. Manny, tell me about your previous job. How about your family? Tell me your, a little. about your family. I, I, I see that you like barbecues. How was your barbecue last Wednesday? Your favorite color was pink when you were nine. Yeah, like, why did it change? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that. smart though. Yeah, man, I have to do things that way because I can't keep it all up here in my brain. I have to put it down on paper. So that happened, you know, that that's really how I ended up getting it. And <laughs> I've been here ever since, and they've been, they've been putting up with me <laughs> somehow. That's great. So now you're here. So what are some of the differences between working on an established show like Dora that had been around... I mean, just Dora the Explorer had been around for a long time. Dora and Friends was around for a really long time. What was that like versus being on a show like Pinky, which is brand new yeah. and hasn't aired yet? Yeah. That's very interesting because at first glance, Dora, they had everything planned out. Like, they had their process. They had how their meetings would go. They had their server set up and everything the way that they wanted, and nothing ever had to change because everything was working. On Pinky, like... I guess I didn't get to see it from like the exact ground up, but I do see some of the decisions that are made. I see that a lot of things change. Sometimes things change last minute, which is fine. And I think that's the sign of every new show. That's what I'm told from some of the experienced people on our crew. Yeah, that's mainly what it is. We still find time to figure things out and we still experiment all the way down to production. Like we try to experiment how certain structure of folders are working more efficiently within like the pipeline and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's really just, I get to see them experiment okay. and figure things out. All right, and what are some of your tasks now? And my tasks now have grown a lot because 
I don't know if this is the way every coordinator does it with their PA, but Amit Kumar, he's an awesome. That dude is way too smart for life. I, <laughs> he's like alien smart, but he's a cool enough coordinator to want to really give me the coordinator experience a little bit because he'll give me the little small tasks and show me how he does things. And so he kind of like is training me almost, dude. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it is great because he cares that much. He wants to see me flourish. So now my tasks have to deal with a lot of taking notes in meetings. We'll watch a storyboard or an animatic, depending on which phase we're in, for a certain episode. And whatever the EPs, the executive producers, want to change in a storyboard after we watch it through one time, I have to type all of that verbatim. I try to get it verbatim because I don't want to mess up. And I have to type all of that. We have a lot of meetings, which I like. People think I'm crazy because I like meetings. I but like meetings too, though. You do? Well, yeah, because then you know you know exactly what's going on. Yeah. If you have a meeting, you know what's going on, but then the team knows what's going on, and then you can tell them, here's what's going on, and then you have a record right. of everything. And so then there's no, there's no surprises. This you happened surprises. in the meeting. And then here are the notes, and here are the changes, and you send out the emails, and it's just that's just exactly nice what we do. That's exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. You probably yeah. ain't surprises like me. Yeah, I, I like surprise birthday parties, are nice <laughs> friends that come into town. Like, hey, we had a layover, and we're here. Would you like to have lunch? Well, I like those kind of surprises, not. By the way, this happened. No, no, no. You're like, I, I wasn't in that meeting. No. Yeah, but I mean, but that happened. I mean, that's It does life. happen. Life happens, and you have to not, like Nancy does, you have to not freak out. But <laughs> Do I Nancy. find that the more meetings and notes you have, the less likely you are to have surprises because you've already talked about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it all works out. I mm-hmm. think we, me and you are probably really good at adjusting at that, too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, I, I love those. I love meetings. And I'll do that. But the main thing that we do, though, as soon as we launch artists to, like, make characters, props, BGs, and effects, as soon as we test that out to be made by the artist, we just have to keep track of it, of all the different designs that we have, just to package it all up and ship it to the overseas animation studio to use. But I do more of that on this show than the other one, mainly because I mostly worked in storyboards on Dora. But here, I think we equally work in storyboard and designs per coordinator and uh, PA. Okay. So we we just basically try to keep track of that. All right. Intensely. I mean, I do other tasks. Sometimes we got to JPEG things because network don't have Macs. Oh, really? (laughs) So I do little tasks like Mm -hmm. that. Like for promo materials? No, just to approve designs. Oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So I, I do like, I do small tasks. I love doing small tasks. Sometimes we have crew cards, mm-hmm. like where we have to give like a thank you for all your hard work card to somebody who was unfortunately leaving. And I try to help prep those when I can. I kind of share that task with another PA now. Okay. But I do from major to small. That's good. All right. And speaking of other tasks too, this isn't so much of a task, but I know that you you work a lot with NICE, which is Nickelodeon Community Efforts. And <laughs> yeah. you've gotten to go and like talk to high schoolers, talk to all sorts of people. So I want to know if you could speak more about that and some of the, you know, outs some more of the like the community outreach efforts yeah. that you've done. Oh, I love that. Well, first of all, I just wanna say 
I don't do nearly as much as like a lot of the other people who work uh, with with the nice community and Carson Smith. I don't do nearly as much as them. I'll do things like speak at panels now. Like I know Amy Wu, she just had like a panel that I spoke at. Um, I like doing that stuff. A few times though, a few times I have gone to like the schools and I um and I would like draw with the kids. I remember I went to like I think. I think we went to like Skid Row one at one point and drew with like some some kids with Carson Smith but I love all of that mainly I love all of that because one like the kids look at you like rock stars they, <laughs> we we finished drawing and they're like can we get autographs yeah. <laughs> I'm like this is not going to be worth anything I like <laughs> I like Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm like, all right, this is just like right. drawing. They're so happy. You're like, yeah. yeah, they get so happy. I love it, man. Like, I love it, man. But another reason is because, like, I connect with it from a special place because I spent 10 years in Detroit. I don't talk about it much with a lot of people, but I've, I've lived around some bad areas, man. And I always felt the need to connect with kids who had a similar circumstance growing up as I did. And so, yeah, there's there's like a, there's a small bias there and I like to give back, but it's freaking awesome though. Yeah, I remember one, I believe you went on a weekend and you were on a panel and you were saying that the kids were asking really good and in-depth questions that oh my goodness. you were just floored by like just the level of questions they were asking. Yeah, they were like mini me's, man. Okay, these yeah. were young. Were they what, like thirteen, fourteen year olds? Like, they were pretty young, and they were just like, you know, Mr. Mosley did it. I'm like, whoa. I, yeah, I'm like, yeah. It was like a range. Okay, so that that particular one that you're mm-hmm. talking about, that was through a program called Woodcraft Rangers, and they have a special connection with Carson Smith here and Nick, and so they had 200 kids from, I forgot the name of the. It's like an after-school program where they do, like, very in-depth projects. Unbelievably <laughs> in-depth projects that I would get an F on. So they had 200 kids come for, like, a little treat. I guess, like, us talking to them was, like, their little treat. And I came there, and, you know, I, I just, I gave them a little bit of background about myself. But the important highlight that you're talking about, one kid gets up so well-poised. He looked like he was about to run for president in the year 2020. And uh, he goes, yeah, can any of you tell me about an experience where you've encountered obstacles and how you overcame them? I'm like, what obstacles are you going through, man? <laughs> like, <laughs> he sounded like he was like 40, like, and he had like finally reached the peak of his, yeah. his success. Like, like, I have seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> how, what would be the proper way to respond? Yeah. <laughs> It was very, yeah. <laughs> he sounded exactly like that. But even before we even gave the speech, though, they, God, I'm blanking on his name, but he was like the program runner there. I'm so sorry. Very nice guy, though. And he brought up one of the projects that one of the kids were doing, just as an example of the projects that they do. And um, he said that they were talking about, they had to come up with an idea that would get them funding from the city. I'm like, Whoa. And they were only like seven. Adults don't know how to do that. They're asking, exactly. Wow, that's amazing. They're asking the seven-year-olds like, this, you need to get corporate sponsorships exactly. for your right. project, little boy and girl. Whoa. That's, exactly. Wow, that's actually 
actually really impressive. I know. I'm like, did they learn anything from what I said? Like, what I said was not on that level. Like, oh my gosh, it was so well so that, done. That makes me happy because what that means is by the time they get to be our age, they're just going to be little executives. Yeah, they already know yep. how all this works. And yeah, we're going to be polishing their shoes. That's like. all right. I will definitely work for them. <laughs> me too. It's like you, you know, I. What do you need? Yeah. <laughs> you clearly know what you're doing. Seriously, man. Oh, it was amazing, dude. Wow. I loved it. And, you know, I did the panel with some... There was a woman who worked for Telemundo. And another guy, he was like... He used to be like an Olympic diver and stuff. And I'm like, what am I doing up here? <laughs> I'm like... I'm like... <laughs> but they, they wanted me. And so, like, I, I was talking. And, and it's just, it just... I just like to see... Like, when I was talking about, like, my experience, some of the questions that they had were, like, why is it important to give back to your community and things like that? And I was just talking about how I related to some of the circumstances that I saw. Mm -hmm. But it was very impressive to see, like, them nodding and, like, actually, like, letting what I'm saying marinate. One of them had, like, their legs crossed. I'm like, okay. They had their legs crossed like they were on The Tonight Show. And I was like, dude, this is crazy, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it's, I love doing that. I love doing it. That was so cool. <laughs> that was great. I, I, I'm glad you did that. I'm, I'm happy whenever I hear people doing that because that's important. Because I know for me too, I mean, you know, you grew up in Michigan. Mm -hmm. You didn't have anybody that worked in animation. I grew up in Texas. I didn't have anybody that did this. Right. Like at all. Yeah. There's no one. I didn't even know anybody that liked to draw. So. <laughs> You know, to be able to hear someone, you know, an adult, oh. your same circumstance, talk about, <laughs> you, I did this, here's what I did, you can do this too. I mean, that's, that is huge for a kid. Absolutely, man. And, like, even more importantly, like, like I'll, I'll put this, like, in the P most PC way possible, but it's cool when they can see somebody who looks like them, too. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the kids in there, too. Or even similar, you know? And I think that's the main motivator for me. You need that. And I don't know how many people realize how big of a deal that is. Yeah. You know, because when, you when you're growing up, who do you hear about? You hear about Walt Disney, Jim Henson, yep. and Frank and Ollie, and Bradbury. And they're all wonderful people. All but they're all white, all white men. Some of them are, are unfortunately, they have, a, they have passed away. <laughs> so you're hearing about these people, and you think, well, this is cool, but they're all old white guys. Yeah. Is there black person or a latino person or an asian person or a woman somewhere in there Some that's doing what i'm want to do and so for a lot of us it's like well i'll just be that person then because that yeah. person isn't there so it's good when people can see oh look they're there yeah can also be there yeah i that's very yeah that's very important i think you know i grew up in detroit and for like the longest time from being like a small child like, and loving to draw, when I got a little bit older, I kind of drifted away from, like, drawing and cartoons because I got wrapped up in basketball. But to go back to, like, what I'm saying, though, when you live in Detroit and you're, like, an African-American guy, like, all like only thing I saw amongst my, like, friends were that they wanted to be either a rapper or a basketball player. And that always stuck with me. And I think that's one of the big missions that I'm on, like, just to, to show other young African-American men like myself that there's other things that you can do like this and you can do it in the way that you want to do it too like 
There's not a lot of like hip hop references and animation these yeah. days, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I want to like change that someday. Yeah, give them something relatable to cling on to. Mm-hmm. You just have to, they have to see somebody. I think just everyone just needs to see somebody like them doing something and they can go, oh, I can also do this. Hey, man. There's other avenues, there's other opportunities. This exists. Right. And it pays well. It's nice. <laughs> California is a lovely place to live. Amen to that. I've lived in wintry places. I don't miss. <laughs> I don't miss scraping out my car. I don't miss fishtailing on the highway. I don't miss any of those things. None of it. Not so much. Yeah. Fine. Yeah, that's great. So let's then talk about. You have some amazing personal projects that <laughs> Thank you, you are working on. Particularly the Irwins, which yeah. is your animated short that was released very recently. So let's talk about that. So the Irwins, first of all, like I did not expect us to surpass a thousand views at the because for the longest time I've been getting ten views since high school, like on Facebook videos. But the Irwins particularly, I was sitting I remember I was sitting in the car in November twenty sixteen last year. And uh, I'm not going to lie, I was bitter. <laughs> I was bitter. I was like, nobody watches my stuff. Like, how do I get people to watch? And my, <laughs> well, she's like a good friend of mine now, but she was my girlfriend at the time. But she she still gives great advice. But at the time, we were sitting in the car. We were about to go into a movie. And uh, I'm like complaining to her. I'm like, nobody watches my stuff. Like, and, um, and I'm like, what do people want to see? They just want to see family stuff that they can relate to. And then it, it clicked. It's like, yeah, why wouldn't they? Like, they're people. Like, they're humans. <laughs> I have been making stuff about animals and stuff. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, that's what we want to see. And so I started drawing these characters, literally, in the car. I'm, like, drawing them on envelopes and stuff. And I'm like, what does that look like? And she's giving me, she gives the best feedback. She's, like, my homie forever. But she was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I, okay, you could probably do something better with this. And she's, mm-hmm. like, critiquing it. And so I get these drawings down. And then from November 2016 till about three days ago, I've been working on, like, a short for it. Wow. And it's, you know, it's basically just, a, like, an African-American family in Florida. Okay. How did you choose Florida? I don't know. I do all my decisions and all my shorts are random. <laughs> like, I just go. I mean, are you fan of Florida? Do you love Tampa or Orlando or There's Tallahassee? No con- <laughs> <laughs> She's like, how? Like, how? You like alligators? Yeah, like, gator world? Like, what is it? <laughs> There's absolutely... I follow, Okay, so I follow a huge CEO named Gary Vaynerchuk and he has one of these mantras where it's just sometimes we overthink and it slows us down. And I had already been that way. I've all, I've always been like the type of guy to just have an idea, let's make a short mm-hmm. immediately. Ain't no thinking about this. Like, let's yeah. do it and execute. And so that's literally, like, I'm more conscious of it now. But, yeah, the reason why they live in Florida, I just needed, I don't know. I just picked it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, let's make a short. So, yeah, but that's how the idea came about. But the character, like the father and the son, are characters from a comic that I had back in high school. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So when I had to think of like family members, I was like, oh, let me just use those two people. Mm -hmm. That's fun how that works. It's like, I have these characters and I have these characters. Let's put them together, but in a new situation. Yeah. And let's give them other family members and other people to interact with. Yeah, that's amazing, man. That's a good way to do. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And like, because the comic before was about a boy who lived with his uncle 
who lived with his mama. <laughs> like, okay. Let me say that one. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I have this look because I'm. That's like the inception of like family relationships. <laughs> trying to go like what? What now? I'm sorry. How does that work? <laughs> See now why you changed that because that's a, that's a wee bit confusing. <laughs> let me okay. Let me let me let me try again. So basically, it was about right. a guy named Mo mm-hmm. who lived with his mom. Like he he was like a mama's boy who never wanted to move. Okay. And he had like his little nephew. Mm-hmm. His nephew had to come live with him because he, his parents were lost. Somewhere I didn't come. I didn't okay. think that far. But right. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but the funny thing about that comedy is that the grandma was like supposed to be like like a like a hard grandma who had went to prison like a oh, bunch wow. of times and stuff. Yeah, super tough. Yeah, yeah. But I won't get into that because that's weird. But I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like the concept of like tough grandma. Yeah, ain't it? Yeah. My, my grandma was tough. So yeah, I think most. Grandmas, are, I mean, I grew up. I thought most grandmas were. T- <laughs> I don't know. Just there's certain things. I'm like, oh, you're your family. Oh, okay. okay. I thought it was every family. Never mind. So then, how did you promote it? Because obviously, this didn't happen overnight. You know, mm-hmm. you worked on it for a year. You have a thousand views for a reason. So during that year, what were you doing, just to let people know? This exists and to build, you know, buzz for this and let people know this will be coming down the pipe. Look for this. Oh, man. This is a funny answer, man. When I was first making shorts, I loved promotion. Like, I loved making, like, little posters that I would post on Facebook. Like, Mm -hmm. movie-like posters. Yeah. Saying, coming soon. I did a lot of that. And I would do it like a countdown. When it was, like, five days, I would Mm -hmm. do, like, a new countdown (laughs) picture. But this time, I don't know. There's been, like, a mind shift after doing this for I've been making shorts for eight years, always trying to make one that was going to make viral. That's the reason why I have this light bulb tattoo, because it's like Thomas Edison trying to make the perfect invention. Mm -hmm. So for eight years, I've been trying to make the perfect short that people would like and watch. And, you know, I had that promotion tactic and stuff, but eventually I got a little bit jaded. (laughs) And I was just like, you know, I need to figure out why I'm doing this. And I think I have a little bit more grasp of why I'm doing it. And it's more intrinsic and less extrinsic, meaning that I'm really just doing it for myself now. And so I said when I made this project that I just wouldn't promote it. I did like two little like movie-like posters. Once when I first copyrighted it and then a second time a few days before. But in between that time, not at all. Like, I didn't even, like, talk. I barely would talk about it with people. And I had this mentality that if it's good, then it's going to go. That's it. And I'm just keeping it simple. Because I follow, like, a lot of mysterious, mystique rappers. And they all say the same thing. If the music's good, then the world will find it. And it will get spread around. So I keep that same mindset from making cartoons. Yeah, I just literally, no promotion, but a few times. And then I posted it. And then it was good. But the difference is, though, when I was making shorts, I was making shorts the easiest way that I could. But with this, I was like, okay, I'm just going to take my time. I'm going to really, like, animate it. No choppy animation. I'm going to really put some thought into it, the character designs. I'm going to take the pipeline that I learned on Pinky and use it for my own stuff. And, you know, hard work pays off. But there were a few nights I was staying here. Or, no, there were a few nights when I was working on it at home, and, like, I was just like, why am I putting myself through this? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, yeah, it all pays off, man. I know those moments. 
your friends are like, hey, do you want to hang out? No, why, why have this, this, and this? And you realize, I created all of that work for myself. No one's telling me to do exactly. any of these things. I have created my own stress. And then you have to sit back <laughs> and go, okay, why am I doing this? <laughs> Good reason. Okay, let's, let's relax. <laughs> I love that face you make. Like, why am I? Yeah, it's like, I'm you realize, like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Because like, what you're saying is that is so true of so many people, like, mm-hmm. especially you know at our studio, but other studios too. I feel like everyone that I've met since I've moved to LA, every single person has their project. Yeah, it's a comic or a short or a children's book, or they want to exhibit at CTN, or Fan Alley, or Comic Con, or somewhere. Like, everyone has a thing that they then go home and yeah. stay up way too late trying <laughs> to make this thing. It's like a universal, you know? It's like, I can't wait to get home from my job so I can spend another six hours with you. It's like, wait a minute. So, right, wait you have to minute. really love it. Or otherwise, it's like, what are you doing? You do, man. Before, like... I was I got so caught up in what and whether it went viral or not, mm-hmm. whether people liked it. And I never thought about like, well, in the beginning I did think about I like this stuff. I'm creating it because I don't see a lot of shows on TV like it. Mm-hmm. But along the way I kind of got detracted and I was like, oh, I'm trying to make a hit. I'm trying to, and I was like itching. Yeah. But now, you know, with the Irwins, I got to a point where I was just like, man, I'm making this because I really want to make something that's just good that I can be proud of, regardless of what happens. And ironically enough, like felt the people like it. That's pretty great. It's like when you stopped worrying about it is when yeah. it started to work. Yeah. I mean, I still got a long way to go. It's only got like a thousand something views. Yeah, but that's a thousand more than before. True. When you didn't have it, there was nothing. Amen. And now you have something. Yep, yep, absolutely, man. That's, that's good. So before this short, you'd been working for eight years. How many other shorts have you made? <laughs> okay, so I have like 67 like shorts wow. up there. But I have to say this, though, to balance it out. Some of the shorts are like 20 seconds. You know what I'm saying? Some of them don't require any color. Some of them, I had a series called Motive Mountain, where a mountain would just come up and say a quote. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it was like for Instagram. <laughs> Got to experiment. Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's encompassing those shorts. But I only did like 10 of those, though. Only so. 10. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. That's 10 more than most people. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You got to be a psycho. But, <laughs> yeah, so about 67. Wow. That's... Well, that's why this worked out. <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to keep making them until one of them works. Yeah. That's what you do. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have any word for how I'm able to do that. I don't have Dogged any. persistence? Yeah, maybe. I will say this, though, about myself. Like, I'm very, like, silly. I'm very, like, open. And, like, I'm free. Like, I think a lot of people think I'm ditzy. I am ditzy in some cases. Uh, wouldn't call you ditzy. No? No. Oh, okay. That's, that's not... Oh, well, I'm not ditzy. Yeah. No. When I when I think of ditzy, I think of people that don't have a plan or goals, which is not... That's what people think of me. Necessarily... The thing is, not everyone, you know, not everyone has a goal, and not everyone has a plan, and I don't think that's necessarily bad, because there's a lot of different kinds that's of That's true. That's not you bad. Yeah, some people, sure. they're perfectly content to just kind of go through life, and they do, and they're happy... And if that works for them and they're 
hey, if they're able to take care of themselves and they're not causing harm to themselves or others <laughs> and they're able to do that and be okay, you go, you do you. You are so right. But that to me is more ditzy, just kind of not really thinking. Okay. Based on what you said today, you are the opposite of that <laughs> because everything is like very regimented and planned. <laughs> you can't do 67 shorts if you have no plan. <laughs> you don't true. get to be an intern. You had a stack of note cards <laughs> for every person you talked to. That's true. A person would not get a binder and then note cards and research the people they're talking to. That's very happen. true, man. I think the next I'll, person that tells you ditzy be like, oh, have you heard about my note cards? <laughs> I'd be like, wait, what? Are you At about? every dinner party, yeah, every Angela. Every dinner party, you should just you should be like, I have a story for all of you. <laughs> Somebody's gonna be like, ha ha, James, you so dumb. Wait I'd a minute, like, have oh, you heard about my note cards? Oh. Let me sit down with me. Let me show you something. And be like, oh. It's like, Absolutely. yes, what were you saying? You had a lovely evening. I love that, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah. yeah. I think, well, I'm very, I guess what I mean is like, people only see like the silly side though. Uh, and so, yeah, I think a lot of people don't know how much planning goes into like mm-hmm. almost everything that I do. So I guess that's what I'm trying to say. That makes sense. Well, I feel like, I think people really only see 10% of people. Yeah, that's true. People are like icebergs where you're only seeing like the part above water. You're not seeing all the other things because you, until you get to know them, you can't. I mean, how would you know? There's no way you would know all their experiences and what they do on their off time and how hard they're working and what's going on if you're not around them. I don't know about that though because you. I know you work hard. Yeah, but you know me. That's, that's <laughs> oh, that's true. Just, I mean, that's true. I mean, thank, thank you. I, sh- I should preface by saying first, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for noticing. But that's this is true. the first we time we've had a conversation. I just like, walked you know, in here and did this podcast. Yeah, you I don't just know you. In. You don't, no, you don't know me. You don't know me from nothing. No, but I mean, no, we've had many lunches and talks with a lot of people here that's in the studio. And so, and you, you can tell people are working hard here, though. I think here maybe it's a little bit easier to tell because you see people in meetings and walking back and forth with papers and talking to people and you know like you get to know even people that you only know their name (laughs) you kind of get a sense of just from seeing them around what they do but still even with them you only know a little bit that's true man you don't know the whole see i need to get to know more people (laughs) i feel like you've gotten to know a lot of people though I feel like you're you're good at getting to meet people and like going to events and volunteering. I mean, the events part I could work at, Mm -hmm. but uh, which is yeah, and that's important to say, you know, so other people know. Yeah, get out and go to events. Yeah, go to if your studio has an event, go to every event. Yeah, you will meet everyone on your team. Yeah. You'll meet everyone on all the other teams. And I'm with the people who ain't doing that. I'm not saying, yeah, like, yeah, do that, because I'm doing that. No, I got to work on it. Like, I got <laughs> to work at it, man. But I think even, like, our crew, it's easy for me to meet people because I, my crew is, like, the best promotion crew of all time for me. Mm-hmm. Like, they got these quotes. I don't know if you see it when you walk yeah. around. They got. <laughs> well, I see it on the, the pinky Instagram. Yeah. You guys Wait, it's on like, a pinky Instagram? Well, I see stuff about like you and other people on like the pinky, inst- pinky Maliki. They have a really cool Instagram. And they're always posting like, 
art that you guys are doing or people's pictures yeah. and things people are saying and wait really yeah i gotta go it's, it's, it's nice it's nice though well, you know because you get to follow all the teams and you just get to kind of see yeah. we're all the different floors so you don't always get to I don't see know. What other you, are I don't doing. think you've seen these. Well, shameless plug, real quick. All right, follow Pinky. Plug. Can I do it. that? Yeah. Okay. Follow Pinky Malinky. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, okay. So. But like, I don't think you've seen these quotes. Okay. Like they take my face. Oh what? And they put it on. Like they put it on a on a Photoshop file. Like and because okay, so I had a lot of friends. They gonna laugh at me, but like, I had a lot of friends who like to take pictures. Okay. And like at the time, I was trying to do Mosley Animation Company and stuff, mm-hmm. so I would take professional pics from them. Okay. And some of them would just want to take pics of me just because to practice. And these pictures are on the internet. So my crew, they'll go on Google, take pictures of me, put it, put it <laughs> in black and white, like I'm doing something serious. And then it's like this derpy quote from something I said to them, like oh, at some no. point. Oh, no. <laughs> and they hang it up all around, like all around the cubes and stuff, man. Oh. So how can you not know me? Your, your team is funny. I they like are. <laughs> they ridiculous, man. Like they lovely but dark. They are ridiculous. Even like my old coordinator Sarah Kujibu, like she's over at DreamWorks now. She has a quote of me. I, I'm not even gonna say what the quote is though. Yeah, if anybody is listening and they go to DreamWorks, just try to see it. <laughs> but <laughs> there's a quote of me, and like Mark Taylor is like walking by, and he's like looking at the quote, and he's like, huh. And he's walking. I'm like, all right, I'm dead in this oh, industry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, my goodness, man. So it's easy for me to make friends here because they, they, they come up to me. They're like, are you that guy on the, did you say this quote? I'm like, no, I didn't. Which quote is are it? Is it a bad guy? one? <laughs> Have I told you about my achievements with community groups and, yeah. and helping helping the youth of tomorrow. Now we want to hear about this quote. Uh, Trying to cover it up what? now. Like, but no, I do stuff for the kids. Like, it's like I help out people. Like, you see me make photocopies and make notes and meetings and it's so funny, man. Yeah. So if you get a chance and you walk out there, you nice. get to see. Yeah. Now I gotta start looking for this stuff. Okay. That's what I love though. Every team has its own culture. But yeah, every we do. Every team has its own own way of doing things, and I like it. Oh, you, you said every team? Yeah. Absolutely. Every team yep. is different. Because yep. I remember when I first got here, I just thought, oh, it's all Nickelodeon, so it'll be like uniform. Nope. nope. Every team is different. They have a different way of running it, and different personality, and yep. different crews, and it's just like. This is all right. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like rock and roll high school. You know, it's like every, everybody's different. <laughs> it is like rock and roll high school. Yeah. Nice, nice analogy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I love it on this crew, man. We all get along well from what I see. Yeah. We'll, we'll just keep rocking. That is cool. Well, James, yeah. where can people find you online? Where can they oh, find man. like information on you, information about your shorts? You can find like all the shorts, I guess, at youtube.com slash Mosley Animation. And okay. Mosley Animation is M-O-S-L-E-Y. All right. Animation. But other than that, like I'm on Instagram, just James Mosley, I-I, my name. Okay. Yeah, I keep a low profile these days. I'm just realizing that. I just work. I just put my head down at work. But the problem with that is you miss out on life. <laughs> so. Yeah, but I feel like there's time to go out. Do fun things, hang out with people, and there's a time you have to work. You're right. If you don't spend the time working, 
you're not going to have anything. If you don't spend time going outside, you'll miss what outside looks like. <laughs> you'll you know it. You'll know, be like, what is this? Oh, that's the sun. You'd be like, Obama's still president? Yes, like, I, oh, I'm what's going on? So, yeah, you'd be like, or, um, you ever watch a Kimmy Schmidt? No. She was in a bunker for 15 years. Finally was able to, you know, the, they break her out of the bunker. She's like, what's been going on for 15 years? You, know? you don't want to be like that, although that's not her fault. So. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that now. It's, it's going to be like it's watching it. It's a great show. There's three seasons of it. Really? I mentioned the show before. I think I'm just trying to get everyone to listen to the podcast. Please watch Kimmy Schmidt. It's a great show. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm going to be watching a documentary of myself. <laughs> so I don't know <laughs> if I'm going to... Yeah. Oh, like, this thing, It'd be this like Floyd Norman. Yeah, That dude's a rock star. Yeah, Norman. he's he's great. He goes to like every event. I, I see know. him and his wife at every single event, and it's always so cool. He's so personable. Yeah, that's the wonderful thing because he could, he has earned the right to be like, well, yes, I am Floyd Norman. Yeah. Thank you for noticing because he totally could, but no, he's like super nice. He's right? not like you talk to him at some point. Yeah, because he's he goes to every event. He's always at Center Stage Gallery and he goes to Comic Con and CTN. And he's just walking around, he's super friendly, super nice. To no everybody. big deal. His wife's super nice. Like every his whole family, they're all just nice people. So you're just like, dude, it's nice to meet you, you know, Mr. Norman. And he's like, oh, thanks. It's oh like, my I like goodness. your book. Thank you. He's like. <laughs> he's so polite too. Yeah, he's so cool. I saw this dude at, at a. I saw him. I saw Floyd Norman at mm-hmm. an event, and he shut it down like Drake. He had like a bunch. He had like a pile of people like around him. I was like, I'm never gonna meet him. Wants to talk to him. Yeah. Ask him questions because he will answer every question. So yeah. it's like, tell us your tales of Disney. You knew Disney, yeah. which is amazing. Wait, he knew Disney? Yeah, he knew him, <laughs> which is amazing in and of itself. He actually talked to the man, but you're in this industry that was, you know, closed off to people for so long. But you were there, yeah. and you thrive, and you're still doing really cool things, and he has a blog and does all this stuff. You know, other people, yeah. he's one of those people that you're talking about people that, you know, get bitter in the industry. Yeah. He's not bitter. Yeah. Because I think we've all met people that they're like, I'm bitter, and it's like, you make cartoons. Yeah. How can you be bitter? What are you bitter about? Right. Some people have to dig ditches for a living. Like, what are yeah. you talking about? And I feel like he went through more than those people who oh, were like, yeah. are bitter. He, <laughs> I'm sure he did. So, yeah. He got perseverance, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Awesome dude, man. Yeah. I want to meet him one day. You should. We'll see. Go, just go to more events. Exactly. Go to more events, people. I, I'm coming, too. Yeah. <laughs> I got hey, more. more. We're like, hey, man. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Sure, we'll talk after. There's a lot of stuff you should go to that you need to enjoy. All right, well, James, it has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. And for all the people at home, from all the things that you've learned and experienced, do you have any advice that you would either tell your younger self or that you wish you knew at the time that you feel like, you know, that would have been a good thing for me to hear? Patience. Patience and... Gratitude. I mean, I feel like that's such a cliche answer, but I don't think we stress long enough how long things really take as opposed to what we think it takes. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people want to end up doing something tomorrow or even five years, even seven years, even eight years, even 10 years. But if it's something you really want to do for the rest of your life, like why are you in a hurry? And that's something to think about. That is excellent (laughs) advice. Yeah, yeah. 
Thank you very much. <laughs> Drop mic. Nothing else to say. That was beautiful. So, thank you, James. Yeah, thanks, Angela. I love this. You are so you got great showmanship, and thank you so much. And that concludes my interview with James Mosley. Special thanks to James for being a wonderful guest. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, make sure to leave a review in iTunes. All of your reviews help more and more people to find out about the show. And you can also support the show by visiting www.theanimatedjourney.com and clicking on the PayPal button on the right-hand side. Every donation helps me to pay for the technical costs associated with the show. And you can also support the show by visiting our affiliate sponsors, Amazon, Audible, Loot Crate, and Blueberry Podcast Hosting. Every time you click on the banner ads and make a purchase, a little bit of money comes back to the show. And thank you to everyone who has donated via PayPal and who has supported the show via our affiliate sponsors. I truly appreciate it. And to see what's going on in the world of animation, make sure to follow the Animated Journey Facebook page at facebook.com slash theanimatedjourney. You can also follow the podcast on Tumblr at theanimatedjourney.tumblr.com. And make sure to check out the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at animjourney. And to see what I've been up to lately, you can visit my website, www.sketchysoul.com. On Tumblr, the site is sketchysoul.tumblr.com. And on Instagram and Twitter, you can follow me at sketchysoul. And I'm happy to announce that this week, I was a guest on two different podcasts. You can hear part two of my interview on the Ink and Paint Girls podcast, hosted by former guest Cassie Soliday. And I was a guest on Animation Station with Robbie and Tracy, where we discussed Boy in the World, which you may remember previous guest Ed Hooks talking about. I finally saw the movie, and it's fantastic. And Robbie and Tracy and I talked about it, and we had a great time. So I'll leave links for both of those podcasts in the show notes so that you can check them out and make sure to subscribe to both Animation Station and Ink and Paint Girls podcast. Both of those shows are excellent and I know that you will enjoy them as well. So tune in next week as the Nickelodeon summer miniseries continues. And as always, be encouraged and have a great day, everybody. Bye.